It's ball talk. It's ball talk, baby. 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 It is currently Friday, November 5th at 8.15 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm your host, John Salk, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, the best in the business, Chaz Jurgens. Chaz, how are you doing today? You know who it is. You know, just waking up on a, a frosty, wintry morning here in Montreal. It's getting already into the negatives out here, so we got to take care of each other. You know, get some jackets on, get the gloves out, the hats out, boots out. It's a, it's getting early out here, but, you know, got to gotta love waking up, smell of that crisp early morning winter air, you know, just just gets your system jolted. Nothing like Nothing to keep you in bed more. <laughs> Thank you for that perfect ending. I was about to, I, uh, I uh, every, every morning I wake up and I don't understand why I moved away from Florida. <laughs> at, any, at, at, any, at, at Florida, at CU River Falls, please hire me for CU <laughs> City. What's the Miami G League affiliate name? Yeah, pretty sure those that team is not in Miami, buddy. <laughs> I don't think so, but it's not like it's going to be like in North Dakota. So I'll be um, fine. I'm not worried about being you, in Miami. Is it literally in North Dakota? Are you kidding? Please I tell mean, me you're joking. It, well, it's in South Dakota. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Really? Yeah. What's my geography? Where'd... I mean, Jeff did, Jeff did shout out Jeff Key, obviously one of the absolute goats of the G League, but he, he did tell us, I'm pretty sure, that the CU Falls is like the furthest team from their NBA actual affiliate because they are in South Dakota and their team is in Miami. Are you kidding? <laughs> where is South Dakota? Where even is South Dakota? I'm looking at a map. Um, I mean, I assume, it's like, I assume south of North Dakota, but uh, I don't yeah. think that's very helpful for me. It's in the, the Utah, Colorado area. Are you kidding? The like North Midwest, <laughs> dude. What? Close to Minnesota, Are little you west. Kidding? I think. No, I'm pretty, pretty hundred percent sure me. here. A little geography lesson with with John and Chaz here to start you off. See you falls. Where? See, see you falls. What? Yeah, South, South Dakota. Dakota. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> It's just, it's honestly great that you could have picked probably like 35 different states and you went with North Dakota. <laughs> Apparently I did. Wow. It would I, be a little bit warmer because you'd be in South Dakota. <laughs> I'll, I mean, mar- marginal benefits, buddy. You got to take what you can get. Um, yeah. Cost opportunity, you know, it's slightly better. Jesus. Someone sent me to Albuquerque then. <laughs> oh man. Ugh. That is wow okay that's how we start a morning good morning mm-hmm. uh time for me to take a geography lesson in my free time um geography lesson about potential employers in my free time mm-hmm. all right i lied last week sorry everybody i said we wouldn't talk football every week anymore uh we can talk football because it's been the craziest week in football this season narrowly mm-hmm. beating the week that gruden got fired and urban meyer's uh grinding fiasco there's been two absolutely massive stories. One is very clear cut, so it kind of got forgotten by national pundits a little too fast. The other is a little more gray. Um, the gray zone is the Aaron Rodgers unvaccinated situation. The clear cut is Henry Ruggs killing someone while dri- driving under the influence. I want to talk to Ruggs first because it's horrific, but I also think it's being moved through too fast. And then we talk about the madness that is the Rodgers situation. That We'll do the regular football stuff we do every week. You know, mm-hmm. injuries, unfortunately, trade deadline, looking ahead. 
Uh, also, something I just want to touch on is that Congress Congress requested a copy of all the Washington football e- team emails by, I think, the 21st or yesterday. No. Yes, 21st, they requested it by yesterday. Mm. I uh, don't believe that they received those emails. Yeah, have not heard much about that going on, so just something to keep an eye on in the back burner. I don't have any insider information, so there's no reason to go through it because it would just be conjecture and boringness. Mm -hmm. All right. So unfortunately, as I alluded to, when you start this episode on the sad side of things, and before I say anything about Henry Ruggs, uh, I want to send prayers and thoughts to the victim and her family. Mm -hmm. I'll recap the situation in a second, but Henry Ruggs drove under the influence and killed a 23 year old woman. This is a horrific situation. There's no excuse to ever drive under the influence we hope the family can find peace, and there's no way to understate the loss of lose the understate the loss of a loved one, especially when they are this young. Yeah, absolutely tragedy. Prayers to the family, and and hope that everyone can continue to just grieve and eventually be able to to slowly go back to what it will be their new life. Yeah, Jesus. Um, per per documents obtained by NFL Network. Raiders wide receiver Henry Ruggs III was booked into Clark County Detention Center on charges of DUI resulting in substantial bodily harm and reckless driving resulting in death or substantial bodily harm at 2.11 p.m. Pacific time. The 23-year-old female in Ruggs's, that uh, Ruggs crashed into could not be rescued and died in the fiery crash Tuesday, November 2nd of 2021. Following his initial hearing on Wednesday, November 3rd, District Attorney Steve Wolfson, following Ruggs's initial hearing on Wednesday, November 3rd, District Attorney Steve Wolfson told reporters there is no more suspicion. Henry Ruggs made a choice to drive all under the influence and be twice over the legal limit. I've never seen a case in my 41 years of a person who was charged with a crime driving in excess of 150 miles per hour. Teams, he got hold of his mugshot that featured Ruggs' illustrations on his face and in a neck brace. At 1126 Pacific Standard Time on the day of the crash, the Raiders posted on Twitter that they were aware of the accident but we're gathering facts at that time that was tuesday sorry so at tuesday mm-hmm. at 11 26 pacific standard am pacific standard time uh at 8 50 a.m on wednesday before his initial court hearing the raiders twitter announced that they were releasing henry ruggs the third <laughs> yeah i don't know how much we can really add to this um obviously a horrific situation all all the way around mm-hmm. uh this was an easy move and the right move by the Raiders. There's no way to keep him on the roster of this horrific situation. Uh, it sounds from everything we're hearing. It sounds like he's going to get the book thrown at him. It's uh, right now. The originals, the original thought was two to 20 years. Um, but there was a black box in his car. So there's literal evidence of his 156 miles per hour driving. Mm-hmm. His blood sample was taken two hour two hours after the crash at double the legal limit. I would not, from what I've been hearing, I would not be shocked if more charges get thrown on. Um, this is not going to be, we're, we're mm-hmm. not going to see Henry Ruggs for a long time. It sounds like. Yeah. also heard that he had a, a loaded firearm in the car, which is yeah. something that you just cannot be doing. And I mean, like John said, just an absolutely horrific, tragic situation. And a, a good example of just something to that everyone should take a moment to reflect on, you know, the value, the, the precious fragility of life and for, for both sides of the situation. And the realization that especially in nowadays in the modern age, in a city like Las Vegas, there's 
absolutely no excuse to ever, ever, ever get behind the wheel of a car under any type of influence, whether you're honestly to me above or below the legal limit, you don't need to drive regardless, especially in a situation like Henry Ruggs, where you have enough money to get any type of escortment that you need. But for anyone at, at all ever involved or anyone who you ever see any type of friend or people that you're around looking like they might be deciding to get behind the wheel of a vehicle after they've had a couple of drinks, like do your best to ultimately try to stop it as much as you can take their keys, call them a cab, call them an Uber. Cause this is a type of situation that has no reason to ever ruin people's lives. Like it will for everyone involved. So many families and communities are going to be devastated by this for ever. Like this is not something that will ever, ever stop for the people that are involved. So I think this is just a situation that is terrible. It's horrible to see. And ultimately, hopefully people can can take this as a lesson to learn from because for the victim, obviously, and her and her family and she, her dog in the car, like this is something that is going to be long lasting. It is going to take them a, a very long time to ultimately be able to grieve through. And for Henry Ruggs, I mean, someone who first overall pick last year in the NFL draft and a crazy bright future ahead of him. And now he's likely going to be in jail for 20 plus years. It's just, it's terrible all around and don't really know where to move on from here. Other than the fact that just please never let anyone, you know, drive drunk. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty much all we can really say. Um, mm -hmm. Just regarding that whole situation um it still just feels surreal in this year to be like yeah i'm gonna drive like just to be that drunk like if, if you told me that he he was 0.08 i'd be like okay but to be that far above the limit is just insanity to me that he anyone around him even the employees he was he was at a top golf before getting yeah. in the car even that the employees allowed him to drive away Mm -hmm. it, it, absolutely insane to me that just none of that worked that nothing happened and to Small be going that fast in a residential neighborhood mm -hmm. and you know i've been reading as much as i could it sounds like there is a with the way the lights are set up you can get like 10 greens in a row but that's still a residential neighborhood you're mm -hmm. still passing stoplights it it's wasn't like he was on black. a freeway driving yeah. 150, 156 on the freeway and he was just merging and didn't know. And no, he was on a residential neighborhood. Like this, this, this woman was probably coming back from mm -hmm. like her significant work. other's place yeah. or work or, or something like that, or mm -hmm. just on a late night drive. And now her life is over because this man decided to make such a selfish decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah as as a small tangent something that i think we can try to improve on as an entire society as as someone who works in a restaurant industry is wh whenever people get served alcohol at a table at any type of bar place that sells drinks i think it should become customary of whoever your waiter is to ask the entire table like okay who's driving tonight or am i calling a cab for you guys later and you can just leave your keys right here in a bowl like there's no need to ever be served alcohol anymore in 2021 and have the op option to drive. Like, mm. you just don't need it. It's mm. not available to you anymore. 
once you take your first sip, you're not driving anymore. Someone else is going to drive for you, or you're going to get someone to drive you home from a that d- drives professionally, and then you can come pick up your car tomorrow. Because yeah. there's just absolutely no need for these type of situations to be ruining entire families and communities' lives. It's just horrible. It's not like it's that hard. It's not like it's that hard. It's not. It's not hard at all. Mm-hmm. It's not hard at all to just call an Uber. If there's four people, and you're not spending any money, you're spending less than ten dollars. Yeah. There's just no excuse. There's absolutely no excuse for this behavior. Mm-hmm. <sighs> All right, let's transition. Um, the Raiders have had the worst season of all time. Yeah. Um, this has just been an absolute soap opera, and somehow they're still the second seed in the AFC. Oh, boys. Came in underdogs. People were saying, what, 6-10, and 6-11, start 3-0, mm-hmm. lose a few, Gruden scandal, Gruden gone, mm-hmm. Henry Ruggs gone. Somehow they're the number two seed in the in the AFC, and yeah, they're five and two. They're leading their division. They're ahead of of Kansas City, the Chargers, the Broncos. <laughs> it's absolute madness um, that they've been able to pull this off. Jazz, yeah. as far as going forward for this Raiders team, you got I anything? Mean... I, I I know it's hard to just transition like that, but. I mean, as terrible as this is with Henry Ruggs and as much as I guess the Raiders will obviously miss him, but that is so far in the list of things that I don't care about right now that it's not even worth mentioning, is that the fact that this team is still pretty talented. And I mean, I've kind of loved what Rich Passaccia has been doing as the new head coach, especially with that backfield. I mentioned it when I was going on and on about Gruden at the beginning of the season, how just the run game was archaic. And I think we're seeing a lot more of the the split back with Kenyon Drake and Josh Jacobs getting to the outsides more and getting more receiving touches in the flats. And that's helping them unlock a lot. And I think that's going to be very it's impactful for the Raiders for the rest of the season now that they're going to be down one of their major deep threats. I think Derek Carr has been slinging the rock. He's playing probably the best football of his entire career. And I don't necessarily expect that to slow down. Brian Edwards is a guy who he's loved to use in, in late game situations and in incredibly important situations. He seems to be the guy who pops up in the holes on the field, in the zones to, to get those completions from Derek Carr. So I would expect him to, to step up and become the new wide receiver one while Renfro does all the underneath work. And then Darren Waller will obviously get a, a lion's share of the targets and continue to just feast on defenses. So I'm really not too worried about the Raiders team right now. I think if they could continue to roll how they have been, and as long as everyone just bunkers down and, and leans on one another, continues to work and grind together, then I think they'll be all right. But a situation like this can, can be so devastating for a team sometimes. I mean, we saw Derek Carr in the, the interview just saying that Henry, Henry Ruggs needs to be loved right now and reminded that his teammates are still his teammates. And I think that's another situation that becomes so difficult here is like, this is a split second decision, but it's also 52 guys in that locker room who this guy was a brother to them before this happened. And now a lot of people probably feel very differently about Henry Ruggs than they did a week ago. So this is going to be an interesting situation for this Raiders team. But I think as long as they can kind of keep the noise out of the building and continue to just work together as a unit to win football games week by week, I think they got a very talented squad and with Kansas city struggling the way they are a real shot at a playoff team this year. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and I like mean, I've said, heard like, mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, the whole thing is even with Gruden, with first with Gruden going, and now with this, is at what point? At what point does you know the emotional break happen? Will mm-hmm. like, will this be the emotional break? It's a lot for a team to go through to lose, even if there. It sounds like there was a little bit of there was some love lost, but not too much love lost with Gruden. Mm-hmm. Still, to lose your head coach is. Yeah, not ideal in the middle of a season. Not ideal in the middle of the season. Well said. Um, all of that. Um, now with now now losing one of one of uh, your young your youngest players, one of your most talented players, a first round draft pick from the previous season, who everyone was, I imagine, cheering on as he was, you know, proving the doubters wrong. There was a lot of questions going into the season with Henry Ruggs. I'm not sure if everyone remembers, but mm-hmm. you know he sucked last season he was very very average a lot of people wrote him off after that first game he had two catches everyone's like oh there's potential and then he was great from week two onwards Mm. it i imagine he was a little bit of a locker room favorite so i that is not gonna be something that could be under that's something that should not be understated that it could have an effect on this team Uh, Mm -hmm. something i I would like to say i I just want to say i'm really hoping that we could see a little more of some of those guys from week one I want to see more Zay Jones. Yeah, I think Willie Sneed could do a little more too. Mm-hmm. I know that we're talking deep deeper on the wide receivers list, but Zay Jones really impressed me in that first game with his ability as a deep threat. Yeah. And look, obviously he's not going to immediately replace Henry Ruggs, but I do think that he is probably one of the better deep bench wide receivers. Mm-hmm. And maybe getting him some more uh, some more targets could be really good for him. He's only been targeted five times. No, it's Zay Jones. Sorry. He's only been targeted seven times with six receptions. 115 yards on six receptions, which is very good for six. For six receptions, that's very good. Yeah. Um, I mean, that is one good game for certain receivers, but for a deep bench receiver, that's always nice. Um, yeah. yeah. I, uh, I, mean... I think the Raiders can still take this out. Uh, I haven't been able to go through... Uh, their whole schedule to be like, oh, what's it looking like? I think that they could still grind out a few wins. They're coming off a bye week right now, which is a little rough that this scandal happens during the time where you're supposed to immediately be, you know, at your strongest. Now they're going in. They've had, what, two days to adjust to not having Henry there. Mm -hmm. They are playing the Giants, so maybe that'll be fine. If they can take another game from Kansas City, if they can take a, a game from the Chargers, I think they can still make the playoffs, and that would be awesome. Yeah, I mean, especially going into a week against the Giants this week off the bye, you think that the, they should have a, a solid shot to go out there and continue to, to keep their hot streak going. The, the football Giants have not been a great team this season, especially on the defensive side of the ball. So I think this is one where we could see a lot of Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake really try to get after it and set the tone for the Raiders and the Giants, I mean, are, are going through their own thing. Will will help us transition here a little bit too, because they had, I think 13 cases reported positive of COVID this week. And then they all retested and only one tested positive the second time. So there was a major news going out of there with how many of these are actually false positives 
true positives? Are they going to have to take a third test now? Because you do need those two negative tests 24 hours apart to clear the protocol if you're vaccinated. So I think that's something that the Raiders can can try to take advantage of. The fact that the Giants are a little bit in turmoil and they're heightened protocols, like they had to cancel practice yesterday. And I think they they might have limited sessions today. So that'll make their, their work difficult for sure. But yeah, COVID's making its way through the NFL pretty rapidly right now, it feels like. Yeah, I mean, the NBA had their own uh, breakout too, but we'll talk about that more on our next NBA episode. Mm-hmm. But uh, the most scandalous of all has been Aaron Rodgers, who yeah. uh, contracted COVID, was deemed not vaccinated by the NFL, which means mm-hmm. he's out 10 days. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to try to go through every little scandal that I saw come up. And I'll if I forgot something, please throw it in, Jazz. Um, yeah. So he went to a press conference and said that he was immunized when everyone was giving Carson Wentz and other players trouble for not being vaccinated. Shout out, Kirk Cousins. Uh, he didn't wear a mask while indoors giving press conferences uh, this, this season despite being unvaccinated and both the NFL and the Packers knowing that he's unvaccinated. Mm-hmm. Or that, that he is deemed unvaccinated. Sorry, that's the terminology yeah. I'm trying to use. Deemed unvaccinated. Had unvaccinated status, yeah. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> he appeared in State Farm ads despite uh, players with un- who are deem- who are in unvaccinated status are not allowed to appear in any sponsorship or marketing opportunities. Uh, if mm-hmm. you are an un- if you are un- if you have unvaccinated status, you are not allowed to be in an event with more than three other players. So one, two, three, four players is too many. Mm-hmm. He is deemed. He is in, uh, has unvaccinated status. He threw a huge Halloween party where his team was there. Uh, there is, I believe, confirmation of four players and suspicion of around a dozen. Yeah, I think uh, that's it. Uh, did I? Not a great look. Is there anything I missed? Uh, the one other thing I think I heard that was going around the the waves was that unvaccinated players are supposed to be fully masked on sidelines pretty much all the time. And, I've, uh, I've heard debates on that one, but I have heard debates on that one as well. I think at least for indoor stadiums, you're supposed to outdoor I, stadiums. You get away with it a little bit from mm-hmm. the, you get the wind, you know, wind, wind will blow away the COVID. Wind will blow away. <laughs> COVID doesn't exist the moment you step outside. Yeah. That's why NFL stadiums have 70,000 people in them every weekend. Yeah. You, If your girlfriend has COVID, you can just kiss her outside. You're fine, brother. <laughs> yeah, you'll be all right. Uh, now, the State um, Farm one is the only one I'm not 100% sure about because potentially they recorded them like throughout the summer and they're yeah. just being aired now. Yeah, that's uh, that, what I'm looking through is that there's a lot of ways that this sounds like this will be. I, I wouldn't be shocked if the NFL hand waves away most of this. The mm-hmm. the things that I wanted to point out were the State Farm ads. They could have easily been done during the summer before the season, yeah. before agreements. Um, and mm-hmm. you know his hair is so long, you could track it. You know you could you could measure his hair now versus his hair then and do some math. Um, <laughs> the event thing sounds bad. That sounds yeah. like there's no way out of it. That sounds like he's getting fined and maybe suspended. Mm-hmm. The not wearing a mask indoors despite being unvaccinated, that is the one that sounds like it's going to bite him at the start of the season. But from what I understand, there might have been a low-key change to the rules at some point this season where unvaccinated players are now allowed. I believe mm-hmm. that Cole Beasley and Kirk Cousins have both been doing indoor press conferences without masks on, and they are the two most prominent unvaccinated <laughs> players in the NFL. 
Yeah. And the last thing I want to say is the reason that I've been trying to say unvaccinated status or deemed unvaccinated is because, quite frankly, he hasn't explained what he did yet, what his treatment was. I heard something about a homeopathic whatever. Yeah. Um, I- I'm going to be honest. I mean, may- maybe he just believe. Uh, how about this? I-, I think people are so rushed, rushed to say homeopathic about anything that's alternative. Maybe he just got a vaccine from a different country that wasn't CDC approved. Maybe he yeah. actually did his own research and said, I like this vaccine better than the other ones. I'm mm-hmm. gonna take it, and the NFL is like, this isn't, uh, this isn't uh, CDC or FDA or whatever approved, mm-hmm. and he's like, I don't care. It's approved in. Maybe he's doing the Sputnik, you know? Yeah. Like maybe he got the AstraZeneca. Shout out to Canada. Like, <laughs> what what are you supposed to say at that? Like like okay, yeah. like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and say that you can't use another country's vaccine. Like if so, I'm not gonna. I'm not ready to harp on the homeopathic thing until I know what he did. If mm-hmm. he drank a bunch of snake oils, then yes, you're an idiot. That you're not immunized if you drink a bunch of snake oils. But if he actually did research and actually was like, I prefer this vaccine versus that vaccine, then you know what? More power to you. When I was in Montreal trying to get my vaccine, my vac- my vaccination, my American vaccination, transferred to Canada as a... um recognized by the by uh by quebec mm-hmm. there was a person in front of me in line who received a vaccine from uh one of those vaccines that is not approved by north by uh north american governments yet as she was from some she was from a non-american country yeah much like myself mm-hmm. um but also a not canadian country and so she received a vaccine that was standard for her country i did not know what vaccine and they were like, "Hey, this isn't approved. Like, we can't, we can't give you your vac- the vaccination recognition because this isn't approved as a vaccine." Mm-hmm. I am not a medical doctor. Yeah. I'm not gonna. I, I, you know, who else isn't a medical doctor? The person that was telling her that it wasn't approved. Yeah. <laughs> and they said, "Hey, sorry, you're gonna have to go get vaccinated if you want the card." And then she literally just walked out and got vaccinated. Super easy. Awesome. Yeah. I, at least that's what I understood was happening. I didn't care to ask. I didn't know this person. Did not escort her to the vaccine. Uh... That was not me. I was not part of that. I, uh, I I do my best to help out, but I did not know what was going on in Palais de Congrès. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just trying to get out while before I had to pay for my parking. Um, <laughs> that's just to say, like, look, maybe that's what he did. And mm-hmm. the NFL media is running with it's homeopathic. And that's why it was a rumor that he's mad that everything got leaked. And I'm like, you know what? If, if I got a vaccine from another country... And would have been vaccinated. I would also be mad that this is happening. I, I'm with him. If, yeah. if he drank some snake oils, I have no sympathy, dude. Like, you knew what you were doing. You made a decision. Mm-hmm. And look where you are now. Like, quite quite frank, like, especially with when you look at LeBron James and Tom Brady, who both, I mean, I know LeBron, LeBron James was not for the vaccine. Yeah. Tom Brady, there was a little bit of debate there. He's always got his own special, special way of doing things. TB12 is something else. <laughs> but both of those guys seemed like they were not for the vaccine and then got it because they wanted to win. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to have to worry about being unavailable as Aaron Rodgers will be. So they got the vaccine. Yeah. There's... No, I mean, it's it's a situation over there in Green Bay that's going to be interesting to watch, especially over the next couple of days, because there is that 
that other shoe, like potentially because of that Halloween party, how much of the rest of their team will be unavailable for the next week against Kansas city, which is obviously a big game. And then you got the week afterwards, like there's still going to be players who are going to need to doubly test negative or if anyone else is unvaccinated and gets confirmed, like even today, I think they're automatically ruled out for 10 days. So that would keep them out of the Sunday game next week too. And it's going to be a, a difficult situation for the Packers to get around, but yeah, it's looking more and more like Aaron Rodgers was kind of just living his own life in the NFL and having a good time about it. I mean, he there's a, all the stories of his appeal at the beginning of the season and still being deemed unvaccinated and all that. But it's going to be a, just interesting to see how they get around this all and what they do. Blake Bortles is getting brought in, but I don't really think that he's going to get the, the nod for them right now. So for Aaron, it's going to be a... Obviously, just just hope he's okay. You know, COVID can do a number on a lot of people. Aaron Rodgers is a little bit older than the average professional athlete, not necessarily the most uh, Miles Garrett looking of physically gifted human <laughs> beings. So, this this could do a little number on him for a couple of days, especially if he's unvaccinated. So, mm-hmm. hopefully, he he's all as well and he'll be able to come back by next week or the week after. But no, there's there's the idea. Of, you think there's any chance that the NFL suspends last season's MVP for a week or two for violating some of the protocols here? Um, I'm not actually sure if they're allowed to. I'm gonna be honest. Looking around, mm. from what I understand, I think they can fine him. I think that if they suspend him, I don't think anyone is going to argue it. I don't think anyone's gonna be like that's not okay. Mm-hmm. But I also think that there's look. If he is indeed, if he indeed just drank some snake oil. It means he's likely symptomatic, which yeah. I, I believe if he is symptomatic, I believe it's a 10 day quarantine from your last sim- day of symptoms. Mm-hmm. So if he was symptomatic for more than one day, uh, the Seahawks game was 11 days after the, uh, the test yeah. after the, uh, the, the positive test. So if he is symptomatic for one day, he will miss the Seahawks game. Mm-hmm. Maybe he just, they just suspend him for it and he understands and they understand and everyone winks, winks, nudge, nudges. And he looks like a bum. I, I don't know. I want to know. That's, that's why I'm trying to give him some benefit of the doubt on this not vaccinated status, mm-hmm. but he, he probably just drank snake oils. Let's be honest. Um, I'm really hoping that he did something actually, because he is an older guy and you look at how it's affected some, especially NBA players. Yeah, I don't know that we've had any. Are there any QBs that tested positive for COVID last season? Lamar Jackson and Lamar he struggled Jackson right away. At one point, yeah, he struggled right away. Mm-hmm. I don't know that. Um, I don't. I don't know what we're gonna see with Rogers, but obviously, I hope that he's okay and not symptomatic and comes back at one hundred percent health. Um, having mm-hmm. something go wrong with your lungs is terrifying. Um, I just want to quickly go over the facts. <laughs> Yeah. I just want to quickly just say, with all the facts we know, I don't believe the NFL can suspend him. I don't think mm-hmm. anyone will fight if they do suspend him. Uh, he broke the rules. Do I agree yeah. with every single rule? No. Quite frankly, I don't think the NFL should be able to say anything about his ability to get sponsorships. I'm going to be honest. But you know what? Yeah, no. It's a rule. Mm-hmm. It's a rule. You got to follow it. The NFLPA and the and the NFL agreed to it. It's a rule. Your, your Players Association... And your 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 boss agreed to this as the rules. Your union agreed to this. You mm-hmm. gotta deal with the rules. Does it matter that I don't agree with anything? No. You break the rules, 
you break the rules. The NFL's within their right. They can find the Packers. They can dock them draft picks. They did that to both the Saints and the Raiders last season. The Raiders appealed and got their draft pick back. The Saints did not. I want to point out it was a sixth-round pick. And docking someone a sixth-round pick is just – I think it's a little gross, I'm going to be honest. Yeah. Because you, you know what you know what happens if you don't draft someone in the sixth round? They go mm-hmm. undrafted and you sign them to your practice squad. There's it, it, you, You're just taking away the chance for a kid to hear their name called at the NFL draft. You're not, you're not penalizing yeah. a team. Mm-hmm. You're not penalizing a team. For every Tom Brady, there's a guy whose name we will never know. Yeah, there are oh. about 57 Joe Whites that never made it into the NFL. Taking away a sixth round pick is just ruining someone's day, ruining some mm-hmm. kid's day. You're not hurting the NFL. You're not hurting the team. It's like when you just. It's like what's going on at OSU and ba- in basketball right now, where they're getting a postseason ban for something the old coach did. Yeah. No one involved is in, is at OSU anymore. You're punishing mm-hmm. a bunch of kids that did nothing. You're taking this opportunity away from kids. You're not punishing the organization. You want to punish the organization, find them. Tell them yeah. that all the money that they were going to make in the tournament goes straight to a charity. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Yeah. Moving on. Moving along. Moving on. You want to hurt. You want to hurt this team. Take away their third. <laughs> I don't know if they're allowed to do that. I. I. All I have to say is, there's going to be a messy situation. Yeah. Rogers is definitely out versus the Chief. Chiefs. He might miss out on the Seahawks too, which means it is Jordan Love time. And I, I'm going to be honest, I kind of feel bad for the kid. <laughs> Obviously, he's about to start his first NFL game, probably his second too. But he's had to deal with such drama. He, he This guy had spent the entire summer imagining, okay, Aaron Rodgers is going to get traded. I guess it's my turn to step up. And then the the, the org isn't trading him. And mm-hmm. look, I'm, I know we were talking about it from Aaron Rodgers' perspective. But if you're Jordan Love, you're like, you guys spent a first-round pick on me. Your old QB is trying to move on. You could trade him and get so many assets. Why are you holding on to him so tight? Maybe it's like, okay, he just won MVP. Maybe that helps you a bit. But I I still feel like there is a level of that with Jordan Jordan Love where it's Mm -hmm. like, so you guys don't trust me yet? That kind of sucks. I don't imagine he's like up at night thinking the org doesn't trust him. Like, this is the league MVP. But I... Look, we, we you'd be lying if you if you'd said you wouldn't have thought about it even for a second if you were Jordan Love. Mm-hmm. But hey, he's got a chance to start now on a short week. Dude has what three yeah. practices to figure out how to how to run with the starters. Mm-hmm. Love that. That's poor guy. Run with whatever starters are available after they go through the heightened COVID protocols and testing and making sure that hopefully they have enough guys out there. Because I mean, it sounds like they got Devontae Adams back. Yeah, Vontae should be back, and that's a huge pickup, especially for Jordan Love. I mean, Aaron Rodgers will always tell you, you watch the Packers game, 17 is going to get a lot of looks. So I don't imagine that'll go anywhere down with the fact that Jordan Love is going to need to just rely on someone to throw the ball to, especially mm-hmm. with Big Pop Tunyon out for the season. Hopefully he gets well soon. But, mm-hmm. yeah, this is, this is going to be a tough week for the Packers, especially against the Kansas City Chiefs team that needs wins, like – so desperately to the point where if they lost more than two more games in the season, I legitimately don't think they're making the playoffs anymore. So this is a game that they can't really afford to drop right now. Jordan Love is going to have to come in here and really sling the rock around against the Kansas City defense. That's a little bit improved, I guess. Frank Clark is back and they brought in Melvin Ingram. So that's something. But yeah, Jordan Love getting a shot out there. It's going to be going to be nice to see what he can at least do. 
I'm excited to see him on an NFL field. Any first-round quarterback should have a decent amount of talent to put out there. Yeah, I mean, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that he does well. I'm also just hopeful that... I'm also just hopeful that if he doesn't play well, we don't throw him right to the wolves. Yeah. I, I, the, I, I really think, you know, we, we can give the guy a chance. I don't think we need to, we, we need to, um, look, if he doesn't mm-hmm. do well, he's on a short season. He's at a short practice week. There is no one on that, on that green Bay offense, or maybe there mm-hmm. is. And I've just missed the injury reports that everyone's back. But last week, last week, Aaron Rodgers had nobody. Matt LaFleur is going to have his job cut out for him this week. Mm-hmm. All yeah, right. I mean, I, I just want to say the last thing about Aaron Rodgers, just because after everything that happened with Arizona and all the, the memes of the late hit and his helmet over his face and all that, and him saying the internet is undefeated, I'm really just waiting on Twitter to get a hold of the, the Pusheisty gunshots and just shooting COVID out of that little gun. Like, I don't understand why I haven't seen more of those yet. Cause I think that's something that's got to Somebody's got to get on that one. That's awesome. <laughs> that, that, that is awesome. Oh my God. How, how, how the mighty have fallen in just one week. I'm excited to see how people talk about Aaron Rodgers after this. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Another thing that I, another crazy situation going on is Odell Beckham Jr. His dad posted a highlight video of Baker Mayfield not <laughs> passing him the ball. Uh, yeah. Beckham Jr. hasn't tra- practiced the team since the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. It looks like he's getting bought out. Yeah. Hold on. It It sounds like, hold up. According to Adam Schefter, the, um, I have it right here if I can find the tweet. I mean, according to Ian Rappaport this morning, the OBJ era in Cleveland is coming to an end. Yeah, and it then, sounds like he's going to be – he will go on waivers. They're going to release him. They reworked his contract. They converted base salary into a signing bonus to lower his cap number in an attempt to save money. Mm-hmm. Um, OBG will be released as soon as the contract is reworked. Um, NFL contracts are the most complicated things on the planet of Earth. Yeah. OBG it's probably like 100 pages in that contract. <laughs> insanity. He's owed $16 million this season. Mm-hmm. I think he only has eight left guaranteed though, or something. All guaranteed for the season. Mm. I was looking. Uh, I I looked at Spotrack. I I did my my studying, read up on these on these things, trying to figure it out. He's going to be carrying a real dead cap hit. I don't know how they're going to rework with the signing bonus and all that. It's always very complicated in uh, those situations. Mm-hmm. NFL contracts are a mess, but he's owed zero dollars the next two seasons. So not super shocked that he got bought out. Um, I'm not super shocked that they were able to work work in this buyout. I just don't know. Uh, look, I I get that he's he's proud. I get that he is, you know, of course, proud of himself as a player. He hasn't made a Pro Bowl since 2016. His uniform has bigger has been bigger than his games played in four out of the last five seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, his receiving yards have gone down every single every season he's been in Cleveland. Actually, every season of his whole career except for 2018. The dude is nice, but like not nice enough to be acting like this. Mm-hmm. I, I I get I get that he was I get that he's still a very good wide receiver. I'm not saying he's garbage, but I am saying hold up. Look at yourself really quick. This isn't all yeah. on Bake. This is not mm-hmm. all on Baker Mayfield. Take a little bit of responsibility. 
I'm happy he's working this out. He's not being a whole diva about it. But yeah, the, the highlight video posted by his dad was completely unacceptable. Yeah, I mean, whenever whenever parents get on social media and start talking for their their kids in the NFL, it gets to be or any professional league, it does become quite like, uh, what are we doing here? You know, like I, I thought we were all professionals, and this is I his dad is obviously entitled to do whatever he wants on social media. That is, I guess, one of the benefits of social media. I would call it a detriment, but. Mm-hmm. And he is entitled to say whatever he wants, however he wants, whenever he wants. And they, he can go out there and put things out there. But yeah, I think a lot of this is being made up into a, an Odell Baker situation. And as much as I guess some of it can be put on the quarterback, because ultimately he does need to be the one to throw him the football. Like how much of this needs to be asked of the coaching staff of the game plan of Odell himself. Like I understand that there are times that he is open and he doesn't get the ball, but Look at what the Browns do as a unit, like what their offensive line is built to do. They have two of the best running backs in the entire NFL, like Jarvis Landry, Austin Hooper. They have other good wide receivers. The fact that Odell is out there just means that the defense is so clued on him all the time that other guys get open. Like, obviously, yes, you hope he gets more touches and you expect him to be able to do more when he gets the ball. But, I mean, there's there's only so much that everyone else can do for Odell before Odell just needs to either get open or I guess get out of there, but it's, I I guess I haven't been watching enough of Cleveland, but whenever I watch them, it doesn't seem like he's just wide open every single play. Like defenses aren't just letting Odell Beckham run around 15 yards down the field wide open. That, that, that will never happen except for like a couple times in zone coverage. You might find a soft spot on the sideline where you're asking Baker to make a, a cross field throw 35 yards across his body to Odell on a sideline. into double coverage. Like, yeah, he, he shouldn't try to make that one. I'd rather he just check it down to Kareem Hunt or Nick Chubb. Cause you know what? They'll probably gain the same amount of yards. And mm-hmm. it's just exciting to see what Odell can do, I guess, in a new city, it's going to be a, a new offense. I'm sure he'll be able to go out there and make some big plays and, the Browns have got to be devastated that they're losing a talent like this, especially after the trade deadline. I can't imagine that they couldn't have at least gotten a couple, like a third and a fourth somewhere. Like no one was giving you anything for Odell. I'm pretty sure with the way his contract was structured, you were going to have to take in 16 million. So I think I mean, it's a little on the Browns for not reworking that contract earlier. Yeah. Um, only teams with that type of money are the Eagles and the Jaguars. So they yeah. weren't. A- <laughs> but I mean, it's not like he's had a crazy season. He's had 17 receptions for 232 yards, which. Mm-hmm. All right. How many targets? Uh, yeah. That there? Nine, seven. This, uh, over here. I can see targets. 34 targets for 17 receptions. That is not a good percentage. No, it's, it's not. It's a 50% catch percentage. Actually. He's yeah. had. Most of his he, he had two games at below forty percent catch, three between fifty and sixty seven, and one at a hundred, which was last game when he caught one, one pass catch. for six yards. Yeah, look, it's not like he's, it's not like he's still the old Odell Beckham of old, is what I was trying to get out there. He's not mm-hmm. jumping over dudes, one handed catches, and all that. He is athletic, but he's he's quite frankly, you're he's what. He's the second target on offense after Jarvis Landry. He's not yeah. a wide receiver one, and he's not he, able to exploit that. And someone mm-hmm. who was as good as he was, you would expect to be able to exploit that if he was still as good as he was. Mm-hmm. Look, he's going to go to somewhere else, and he's going to be awesome there. I, he's not – He's not. maybe he goes to Tampa Bay and becomes the next <laughs> Antonio Brown and just breaks out all crazy – 
but uh, it, it sounds like it's Raiders and what was the other team? Rams, I believe, were the front runners. Yeah, there's. I'm trying not to get my hopes up too much about the Raiders one, but yeah, I have heard a little, little bit about the Raiders and the Rams. Yeah. Not, not too surprising that a guy like Odell Beckham Jr. might want to go to a, a bigger market city, I guess you might say, than Cleveland. Yeah. Somewhere where there there could be a, a few more lights on him, a couple more celebrities in the crowd. You know, uh, LeBron James is tweeting that you need to get Odell Beckham Jr. out of there. You know where else LeBron James is at? Los Angeles Rams games often. Um, I wouldn't be super shocked to see that one. The Chargers, too, have like twice the money the Rams do. So if they just want to throw him a huge signing bonus, I think that could be something that could potentially entice him. I mean, the Seahawks have some money, although I don't think Seattle's really trying to make a play like that. The Packers are a team that obviously would love to make additions. That's the thing with Odell right now is like he could literally go anywhere he wants Can I uh, can once I, he gets released. Can I put out where I think he should go? Mm-hmm. I think he should go to the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> I can't believe we've gone this far without mentioning, but the MVP front runner. Yeah, I'm going to say it until someone tells me I'm wrong. <laughs> Definitely I'm not, not crying. You're crying. <laughs> MVP front runner Derek Henry is out six to ten weeks with a Jones fracture in his f- right foot. Um, Titans are currently six and two, with a defining lead in their division. The Colts are four and five after their rousing of the New York Jets last night. Jags and Titans both have won one game. Titans still have the tiebreaker over the Colts, so Colts are still three wins back from overtaking the Titans. For the mm. top of the AFC South. It's going to take something monstrous for the Titans to not win that division. Yep. They have the Rams this week, but the rest of their schedule look, should be a cakewalk. Texans, Saints, Pats, bye week, Jags, Steelers, Niners, Jags, Miami, Houston. Mm-hmm. Those That's last gonna, three is going to be it. Well, last two at least. Yeah, Miami's going to try to win every game the rest of the season, but. But they suck. <laughs> yeah. The schedule should mean okay. In theory, they should not lose more than three games the rest of the of the way. But I'm very concerned for what this offense looks like without Derrick Henry. So yeah. I am not going to make that claim. Yeah, no. But that is that that is something that's going to be war- huge for me. Is how does this Titans team pivot? Um, Deshaun Jackson got released. I have issues with him because of his anti semitism. Um, mm-hmm. Odell Beckham, uh, OBJ is about to get released. There is talent that they can add. They added mm-hmm. Adrian Peterson. All day. It's going to be uh, an interesting time in Tennessee seeing how they pivot to no longer having Derrick Henry when their whole offense has been Derrick Henry 30, 30 uh, carries a game for a so long. Yeah, no, for sure. I think this is going to be a, an incredibly important stretch for the Tennessee Titans. And they are pretty, pretty lucky that, well, lucky. They must be relieved that they've done themselves such a, a favor of being up this much so far in the standings so that they do have a bit of a comfortable because I'm I'm not as confident as you are, obviously, about the last remaining games of the schedule. I do think, obviously, you play the Texans twice. You play the Jaguars and the Dolphins. Like, those are all pretty much free wins this season, it's looking like, especially those two Texans games and the Jaguars. The Dolphins, they might give you a run, but even by then, it's – you don't know. But – Every other team that they play, even though they might not be the best offensive teams, I think all of them boast very good defenses. And that's going to be something that is going to be interesting to see what Brian Tannehill and what Vrabel can do about 
them just getting an offense rhythm going and being able to continue to use, I guess, Peterson and McNichols as a backfield. I guess Tannehill's throwing more to A.J. Brown. Julio Jones' health is obviously going to be incredibly important for the second half of the season. But, like, you look at the Rams, obviously an absolute monster defense. That doesn't, like, we can, we're we going to talk about the Rams, so I'm not going to go over them mm-hmm. too much. But the Saints and Sean Payton are always a great defense. Mm-hmm. The New England Patriots and Bill Belichick are always a immense problem. Mike Tomlin and the Steelers, again, one of the best defensive head coaches in the NFL. And then the 49ers, Kyle Shanahan, maybe not the most defensive-minded coach, but also some very good defensive linemen and a defense that can put some things together. So this, those are going to be five games that they're going to need or they're going to want to win at least two or three of them, mm-hmm. but they're going to be tough sledding in a lot of those. I think Ryan Tannehill is going to have to shine. Like he has uh, apparently been shining because the flowers have been given to him during this Tennessee tenure. And we'll see how much of that is just having Derrick Henry in his backfield. Yeah. I mean, until this season, there's been a lot of love for Tannehill. He's struggled immensely this season. Yeah. A lot of, lot of, lot of interceptions. That he doesn't usually throw stuff like that. This is an incredibly important stretch for him. His contract has so much dead cap that they can't cut him next season. <laughs> but there's a potential out in his contract in two years. If Tannehill cannot hold this Titan teams afloat, I think they're either drafting a new QB. They're in the market for the new QBs. Uh, they still have, I believe, they have a good amount of their picks. Um, I can check that. I can check that later. But with with all of the QBs that are potentially going to be getting moved in the in the near future, I, I wouldn't be shocked if Tannehill cannot keep this. If Tannehill cannot keep the team in the playoffs, I wouldn't be shocked if Tannehill isn't the QB in two seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, for the yeah. record, I think he will keep this team afloat. I, I think he is a good enough QB to be at least play league. I think he is a more than league average QB, but not by a lot. It, he, at the very least, he's a league average QB. I think that is enough to get through this uh get through this while keeping at least one game over the Colts with this three game cushion. Um is he yeah. the best QB in the division? Obviously Deshaun Watson doesn't count, but like hey man, is he better Tyler, than Carson Wentz and, and Trevor Lawrence? He's not better than Tyrod Taylor, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I yeah. so yeah, AFC South, worst QBs, uh worst QBs in the football. <laughs> not good not good over there and i mean like we mentioned this week going against the rams team who have uh continued to add to their defense mm-hmm. and I, I just want to put this out there everyone who keeps saying that the broncos did well with this trade like i get that a second and third round pick are i guess value in the nfl mm-hmm. vaughn miller's going to the hall of fame and uh if you could add a hall of famer to a defense that already has two other hall of famers that's a trade you make every single day. Yeah. And yeah. four times a day on the trade deadline, if you can. It, it, it sounds like the Broncos are going to go into tank mode at this point. <laughs> it sounds like they're uh, they're giving up on the Bridgewater experience. They're, they're not believers anymore. Mm-hmm. And I can't fault them. I cannot. They won three in a row. They've been one in four ever since then. Yeah. KC is at least putting it together enough to stay at .500. The Chargers are still also at four wins. If, if the Chargers or Kansas City all f- fell apart, I would understand continuing this push. That did not happen. No. Better to sell Better to sell early. I, I do think they should push the trade deadline back three weeks. Yeah. The Especially with the longest season week. now. Huh? 
especially with the 17 game season now. Yeah, like trade deadline hitting in week nine just seems early. Like mm-hmm. eight weeks of football, that's less than half of the season. Yeah, like most the of the end- teams still have like 10 games left. Yeah. <laughs> just send them, uh, make it like week week 12, like week 11, week 12, like mm-hmm. something like that. I just think it should be a little later because so, maybe Broncos keep winning, but now they have to make that decision. I do think that they made the right decision with one year left on that contract. He was going to leave anyways, get some draft picks. Mm-hmm. And even if the draft capital isn't awesome draft capital, it's still draft capital. You can still use it in a trade. You can actually use it to draft players. You can yeah. trade back to, to future drafts. There's tons of ways you can use this. I'm on board for it. But that Rams defense is absolutely horrifying and not how you want to start your your tight your Henry list week for the Tennessee Titans. Yeah. Um, some people are still picking the Titans as a hot take. I don't even think I can do that. No. I don't even think I, this O line has struggled. And now they don't have Derrick Henry. There, they, there, there have been weeks where they heavily relied on Derrick Henry and Julio Jones to block. <laughs> now you're going against a D line that's featuring Vaughn Miller and Aaron Donald. Julio yeah. might not play. Julio's always a risk to not play. I'm, 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 I'm not as uh, optimistic on the Titans as some pundits are, and I love my Titans. I think that they'll win a lot more games over the rest of the season than uh, people are expecting, but. This is not going to be there. I don't think that they can uh, pull off this uh, this game against the Rams. And uh, I think it's yeah. a great way to transition to this week's slate of games. Yeah, I was going to say Titans at, at plus seven and a half. I mean, I guess people are still thinking about it, but with the Rams added Von Miller, I would stay away. I would honestly bet heavily on the Rams. I <sighs> this is a stay, this is a stay away or or, or part. Oh, this is a stay away. Or like a changing the uh, changing the, if if you got one of the apps where you can change the spread and you want to put it in a crazy parlay where you change it to plus to uh, Titans plus three and a half. Mm-hmm. I would do that if you can get. I would do that as part of a crazy parlay, giving <laughs> yourself four points on the Titans just because there's a chance. <laughs> I guess this is either going to be a tight game or a blowout. No in between. The seven and a half line is nice. Mm-hmm. But these these Rams are either going to win by like three touchdowns, or they or it's going to go down to the wire. I don't mm-hmm. see I don't see a tight game being I don't see a tight game being sorry I don't see a one score a one a consistent one score lead happening in this football game. Yeah, unless Tannehill turns into Jesus, which you know, hey, crazier things have happened. Have they? <laughs> um. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I mean, look at the Las Vegas Raiders season. Yes. Yeah, I guess that's fair. And, and uh, I mean, the Raiders, even though, even though crazy season, still favored going into New York this week. Yeah, I figured we were going to get a plus on the Raiders, and I was going to be like, let's take it. But they're going into the Giants, and so they're still negative three. What are your thoughts on that? Would you take that? I'm honestly, I'm still taking that, especially with what the Giants have gone through this week with COVID protocols and everything. Like, there's reports that Saquon's back in the building after the, I guess, the second, or he got the false positive. So I assume he tested negative again, but he's still dealing with an ankle injury. I don't expect him to be back in full this week. Obviously, Daniel Jones has had a, a decent season this year. He actually hasn't been that bad, but his whole team and his offensive line, especially, has been. 
god awful and the way that Yannick and Gakwe and Max Crosby have against the guys and Perryman and Wright in the middle of the field have been flying around. Like I, I'm not too worried about this Raiders minus three. I think especially after all the everything that has gone down during their bye week and everything, I think they'll be just locked into everyone. Just stay football. Just worry about football. Don't worry about anything else. And let's deal with that one week at a time. We got to go beat these these nameless gray faces. So I think this is going to be a, a good win for the Raiders. I honestly, I would take them at an alternate spread almost at like minus six and a half. I think they win by a touchdown pretty easily in this one. We're going to have a crazy parlay where every, every, spread, every spread is adjusted. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm with mm-hmm. you. I, I do think that these Raiders can beat the Giants. I, I'm a little worried that this is going to be their breaking game, but you know what? We'll know after. Like, yeah. This is, if there was a game to go in with, with controversy, it's after your bye week against the Giants, hoping someone steps up. You still have Derek Carr, who's just been so solid for them. Is mm-hmm. Waller back? Waller should be playing this week. Yeah, Waller's back. I'd feel comfortable. If Waller is back, I'd feel comfortable taking it. Um, mm-hmm. Now there's, we're starting to get to the point of the season where a lot of games have serious playoff implications, which is a lot of fun. Yeah, I think the game with the most playoff implications right now is Bengals Browns. Mm-hmm. Bengals are favored minus two and a half versus the Browns. Browns have just been messy. Yeah. Say the if, least. <laughs> who, whoever wins this is in first or second in their division within a game of the Ravens, um, or tied with the Ravens. Unless yeah. the Bengals, Bengals, if Bengals win, they're leading. Uh, if Browns win, they are at worst they are either tied with the Ravens or they're sec- Ravens and possibly Steelers, or they are no. They're either tied for four first with the Ravens. The whole division is either at five wins or four wins, okay? Everybody's so close in the AFC that well. North. What? <laughs> Everything's close in the AFC North. Everything, okay? If the Browns win, everyone's going to have – and the Ravens lose and the Steelers win, everyone will have five wins, okay? There's a there's a way for there to be a four-way tie in the AFC North right now, okay? Yeah. That's what I'm trying to communicate. Mm-hmm. Absolute madness. Um, I mean, look, the Bengals got – got beat by the Jets last week, which I wanted to have the time to talk about, but we didn't really with everything going on. Yeah. But teams, teams are just, how about this? I, I, my opinion, you know, at first I was, uh, after watching the Titans lose to the, uh, lose to the Jets, I was so down on them. But the thing that I realized is that teams don't even take the Jets seriously as a football team. Yeah, no. As, as horrible as it is to say, I don't mean this to be a diss, it's just the facts. Teams yeah. aren't taking this game seriously when they walk in. E- either they're like, we're going to run up the score a la New England, a la Colts yesterday, or they're mm-hmm. showing up, half their team isn't playing, no one's taking it seriously. Oh my God, wait there. We need to get one drive to win? What? <laughs> they just sacked Joe Burrow? What? Yeah. It's hard to just turn on that on switch at the end of the football game. So you know what? Mm-hmm. I don't care about losing to the Jets anymore. I don't care about beating the Jets either. I understand that it impacts your record. It's not going to impact how I look at you as a football team. That's what mm-hmm. I've came to decide. Um, so you know what? Bengals minus two and a half versus the Browns that just lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers 15 to 10. Yeah. I, 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 I'm going to take the Bengals and feel very confident. Yeah. The th- <sighs> this is a tough one for me just because 
I do think that the Browns offensive line and run attack is going to do an absolute number on this Bengals D line. Like, yes, their defense is improved. I'm not a huge fan of their linebacker core. And I think that'll leave them a little bit exposed this week, but with Baker Mayfield, the way he has been like, even last week, I guess he was throwing the ball around a little bit, but I didn't see much out of him that looked great. It's it's a tough one for me to pick, but I do think that the Bengals have a good, like Joey Burrow and the boys are a good squad. I love the Browns defense. I kind of want to take the Browns plus two and a half, but I ultimately think the Bengals are going to win. It's just like, I think it's an Evan McPherson like kick to win by one or two at the end of it type thing. Like I think this is going to be a great game that goes down to the wire. And the spread is going to be one of those that you look back on and you're like, damn, how do the sports book do this every time where they manage to get everyone to split their money and just make all the money they possibly can. They're, uh, they're but talented, I'll take Brown, those bookies. I'll take Browns two and a half for the record. Oh, wow. Plus two and a half. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'm not going to argue that one. I, uh, definitely, definitely wasn't the easiest choice of my week, but also very- please miles Garrett. Don't kill Joe Burrow. Yeah, please don't. Like, oh my goodness. We the, we can't afford it. We cannot afford it. Another game with big playoff implications, Ravens-Vikings. Ravens yeah. at minus five and a half. As mm-hmm. I alluded to in my inability to communicate it earlier, if the Ravens <laughs> win, they are leading the division unless the Bengals win and then they're tied with the Bengals again. And mm-hmm. uh, they would both be, they would have both have six wins. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, it looks like Baltimore is going to find a way to lock up this uh, wild card spot, mm-hmm. at least if not win their division. Um, I they I think they will beat the Vikings. The Vikings are the kind of team that they've been beating all season. I think they've kind of struggled against teams that have this uh, excite. I don't want to say they've struggled against teams with an exciting playmaker because they got they absolutely worked the Chargers. Mm-hmm. This Baltimore team is a little inconsistent. But I, I do think that they this is the kind of team that they will beat. I do think that the Vikings do not have the offensive firepower to beat the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, um, I, th- I think a lot of what the Ravens defense, I think, has shown me this year is that they do really well when they can prepare for a predictable team for the most part. And the Vikings, it doesn't get more predictable than Kirk Cousins pretty much. Like, you know what they're going to do. They only really have to be worried about Dalvin Cook because Dalvin Cook is an absolute monster and he's been hurt for the last couple of weeks. So mm-hmm. having him back could be a, a major piece for them. Obviously, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen are, are guys who can get it done. But yeah, this Ravens defense, I think I, I'm not too worried about. The Vikings have a talented team, but their defense has looked terrible. I don't know why, but they have so many injuries and they just don't seem to ever really find a, a clicking on defense. I think this this will be a Lamar Jackson just devastation game. And the Ravens are coming off a bye, are they not? They are. I forgot to mention that. Ravens are off a bye. So, yeah. Uh, Harbaugh off a bye. I'm, I'm definitely taking the Ravens on this one. Although I... It, oh, wait, you, but are you taking them on the five and a half spread? See, that's the thing. is I, I see the five and a half here. I've seen the line already, I think, move to six and a half. I don't think I'd take them by more than a touchdown. So, I might still take them at six and a half. But if it got to seven, seven and a half, then I think I'm taking the Vikings on the plus money just because I do think that they have the offensive firepower to keep it close. Yeah. And this Ravens defense has been susceptible to big plays at times. And, and Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook definitely can do that. Uh, yeah, I, I'm kind of feeling I'm kind of feeling the Vikings on this one. Just mm-hmm. I think they've played a lot of games a lot closer than they should be. 
Yeah, like Arizona, and, they lost on a kick. Dallas, they just lost by four. Like, and, and and this this Ravens team has let some teams stay in the football game when they really shouldn't. Look at that Lions game. Look at mm-hmm. like the only sh- the only shellacking that they've given is against the Chargers. Yeah, every other game has been incredibly close, even against the Colts, who I just don't I don't think are a good football team. I don't know. I don't know what everyone else sees. I don't. I watched the I. I watch them every week, and I don't know what everyone else sees. I'm like, this is like, okay, sure. Um, I mean, Jonathan I mean, they Taylor's did work my tit- They did work my Titans the other week, but it's fine. Nothing else John- they've done has impressed me. Um, mm-hmm. I think this Vikings team can uh, will hold it close enough that I think they're going to win. On, that they're going to take the spread, but I do think Ravens win this game. That's fair. Yeah, I think I'll take the Ra- like I said, I'll take Ra- Ravens minus anything until seven. Uh, so. I'll take him at the five and a half. Speaking of minus seven, the Chiefs are minus seven, I believe, last time you checked versus the Packers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jordan Love first game. This is the trap. This is a trap. Yeah. I'm t- Chiefs I, never cover. Never, ever, ever <laughs> cover. Everyone's down on the Chiefs, um, which means that everyone's down on the Chiefs, but going against the Packers, I think everyone's going to big brain themselves into going on the Chiefs again. <clears throat> I got Packers. Mm-hmm. I got Packers there. <laughs> I, I think they'll I you know what you know what I got Packers to win. Oh my god. Packers money line, you could probably get some very good odds for that right now. I got Packers nah. money line. Let's do it. <laughs> I mean the Chiefs at, at minus seven. Man, I want to take him so badly. Let me just do a, a quick check here to make sure if Jair is playing. Cause I don't know if Jair's health these days. Uh placed on injured reserve four weeks ago. So he could technically be back this week, but I, I haven't heard it. for IR. Hmm? I think it's, it's uh, three now because of uh, COVID. They changed it. Oh, really? Yeah, it's three weeks and you can come back. But I I don't see any updates about him playing this week. So I don't know if he'll be back. In which case, I think I'll take the Chiefs, honestly. I do obviously don't think that they could cover because they obviously seem never to. But like I mentioned earlier on, the Chiefs, in my mind, can afford to lose probably two more games for the rest of the season. And when you can only afford to lose two more, I don't think you want to lose one in week nine. So this is a game that is a get-right game for the Chiefs, especially after they came off of a way-too-close game against the Giants. It was Jair not being out there. You got a chance to to have Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey get probably double-covered, but by lesser coverage guys. And it's going to be tough for Eric Stokes and Kevin King, Savage, and those guys to to really deal with them. So uh, I'll take the Chiefs here minus seven. I think they can they can give the Packers some work. I just I expect the Chiefs defense honestly to come out and show a little bit more than they have to. Like they're the group that needs to play in full desperation mode. I'm not too worried about Mahomes, Kelsey, Tyreek in the offense. I think they'll be able to find it no matter what. But I think the Chiefs defense really needs to show like, hey, we're playing playoff football right now because if not there will be no playoff football this year yeah the over under is 48 points mm. and 48 and a half i'm gonna take the under on that not that we usually yeah. do all this i'm just saying i don't think this is gonna be a very high scoring game which means I that mean, it definitely I... will be by the way it means that 100 this is gonna be a high scoring game you should take the chiefs on on a spread of like 14 points like chiefs are scored 50 by themselves take chiefs, the chiefs are gonna like chiefs are about to hang a hang a barn burner on the on the packers packers are not even gonna get a point there's gonna be two pick yeah. sixes jordan love like, is gonna get absolutely mauled like 48 to 37 like it's gonna be a mess it's gonna be a mess um all right another game that low-key has crazy playoff implications saints falcons 
Yeah. Winston Torres ACL. He's out for the season. Trevor Simeon and Taysom Hill are their QBs right now. Let's go. Um, <laughs> they still beat the Bucks last week. Which yeah, they did. Mm-hmm. Look, if any team can take Taysom Hill and Trevor Simeon into into winning football, it's Sean Payton and his Saints. Mm-hmm. With that said, how in the world did they beat the Bucks? And Defense. now they have to beat the now they have to beat the Falcons. Mm-hmm. Just it's they're still in a wild card playoff spot with five wins. Even yeah. with, even if they had lost last week, they would be in one. Mm-hmm. The NFC is just so bad outside of about four teams, five teams. Yeah, the top five is really just all at top four. Yeah, Rams, Zona, Tampa Bay, Dallas, Green Bay, That's all it. seven win teams, and uh, Dallas and Dallas has only lost one one game. They've all lost one game except for the Buccaneers, who have lost two, mm-hmm. and New Orleans has also only lost two. They're playing Atlanta. Atlanta, if they win, will be in the wild card. I mean, they'll be close. Yeah, they they I they they'll be they might be tied with somebody, but they will be in the wild card. Yeah, they will be tied with people. I mean, in theory, in theory, we could see some losses. Maybe we. we, we uh, all that's to say expect- is Atlanta, low key playing for the playoffs, making my Super Bowl future bet on them look a little bit better. These <laughs> are minus six. Uh, yeah. I think that's a little much mm-hmm. for the spread, but I do think that the Saints will take this game, and I think that if they can take this game and then one more game against either Carolina or Atlanta, I think that they're still going to make the playoffs this season. Yeah, no, I'm kind of with you on this one. I think that minus six is a lot for the Saints team, especially with either Simeon or Taysom Hill out there. Because, I mean, Sean Payton obviously can just tell his quarterback what to do, and Simeon looked pretty good at just going out there and making the correct reads most of the time. But, and this Atlanta Falcons defense, not something they should be too worried about. I think that the the Falcons offense though is something that is kicking itself into high gear. Kyle Pitts is really coming about it in the last few weeks. Like he is vers- showing why he was the fourth overall pick. The versatility of Kyle Pitts and Cordell Patterson is awesome. Uh, yeah. Teams are not ready for that. And look, mm-hmm. Matt Ryan's getting old, but he still knows how to use these weapons, and that's awesome. Yeah. That's always important. So I, I think personally, I take the Falcons plus six on this one as well. Although this is one of those ones where you, you just shouted out the over-under for the Packers Chiefs. I'm pretty sure the over-under for this one set at like 42. And I get that the Saints have a good defense, but I would expect the Falcons to try to air it out and score as many points as they possibly can. I wouldn't be so, too shocked to see this game hit like a, a 24-21 type situation. So this is one where I'm tentatively, tentatively leading on the over. I lean the over with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, we got we got two more games that I want to shout out. We got the LA Chargers minus. This is only one that I'm looking at for the spread. They're minus yeah. one and a half at Philadelphia. Bank what it. happened? Bank it. <laughs> what happened? Like, I, 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 like was my that my book must have just been bad. I, I, I the book no, I, was I saw Chargers at, one and a half too. You got Chargers one and a half too. Yeah, that's insanity. Um, but the the Eagles beat the Lions one time, and they now everyone thinks that they're a real competent football team. Like, I don't know what happened to that one, but that's something where, like, I would have been comfortable with the Chargers, like minus six and a half. I would have taken them in this game, yeah. almost like you could have told me Chargers eight and a half, and I would have been like, uh, uh probably like <laughs> two sure. scores, most likely like. One and a half, I'm taking it to the bank all day long. Like, Nick Sirianni, it, there's no chance they slow down this team. Like, I get that the Eagles' defense is apparently pretty good against the pass, and Darius Slay is a monster, but 
there's there's so many weapons on this Chargers team. Like they're not going to be able to deal with Williams, Allen, and Eckler. It's along with Jared Cook through the middle. Like this is, I would book this one, especially for the Chargers who are in desperation need of a win at this point. They they're going to want this game. I wouldn't one and a half is not something I would ever expect this game to be at. I'm absolutely shocked. Like what am I not seeing? What am what am I not seeing in Philly that Vegas is? Um, yeah, that scares me a bit. Unless they expect like of. Justin Herbert not to play. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I think even without Herbert, they could still, they should still win. Uh, I just don't know who their backup is. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Does it really matter? It's Philadelphia. Um, I guess. Yeah. Last one, last spread, last one again, just for the spread, Arizona minus one at the Niners. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. Um, a Lose weird one, one football game and everyone forgets who you are. Weird one for sure. I think they're still tentative on Kyler Murray this week, but it does sound more and more like he's going to play. So that's something uh, where wh- as what, soon as he plays. What is Garoppolo supposed to do against this, D- this, um, this D line? Well, George Kittle's supposed to be back. Oh, is he? I thought he was out for the season. No, no. George Kittle's back this week. Ooh. <laughs> suddenly, su- suddenly understanding why it's minus one. <laughs> yeah. Kittle is supposed to be back. Elijah Mitchell has been a stud. Jimmy Garoppolo, I guess, has looked better. But, yeah, this is going to be a tough matchup for the Niners against the, an Arizona team that is going to be coming in hot off the, the Packers' loss. And everyone is, I guess, clearly forgotten who they were and that they're just a little bit better. So, yeah, this is something that as much as I think the Niners have a shot in this game, Arizona minus one seems just like a free bet that you should take. And if it doesn't hit, then I'll be thrilled. You know, like this is one that I'm going to bet on for Arizona. And either way, I'll be happy because one way I'll make money or the other way my team will win. <laughs> I love doing that. That's my favorite way to gamble. Always gamble against your own team. That's why the Rams are getting money from you this week. <laughs> That's why I have a futures bet on the Rams. Um, mm-hmm. All right. This has been the Ball Talk Podcast. Chaz, mm-hmm. always a pleasure to record with you. To all our listeners, mm-hmm. please follow us on Instagram at Ball Talk Official. If you're watching this on YouTube or any podcast platform, please write, review, subscribe, like, like, comment, anything you can do to just increase engagement. It helps us. It helps us for free. It's really huge for us. Until next time, thank you for tuning into Ball Talk. It's Ball Talk. It's Ball Talk, baby. 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 Baby, baby, baby.